Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The College Football Betting Podcast, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. I am your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody enjoyed Week Zero in college football. So here's the deal. Did not do a Week Zero preview. I feel like everybody's in a rush. Got to get out their best bets. Everybody's got the... My whole thing is we watch Week Zero, we enjoy Week Zero, and then we jump into the betting space in Week One, which is exactly what we're going to do today. And because I love you, how about this? You're going to get not one, but two week one preview episodes this week on this feed, the College Football Betting Podcast with Aaron Torres feed. Here's the bottom line. Here's what you need to know. Today, this episode drops Tuesday. We are focusing solely on the Thursday night games. Was going to do it all in one episode. And then I said, you know what? Let's focus on the Thursday games on this early week episode We are only going to preview three games. We're going to talk Florida, Utah. We're going to talk Nebraska, Minnesota, and we are going to talk NC State at my UConn Huskies. Then we'll come back with a Thursday episode and the full preview of the weekend where we'll talk LSU, Florida State, Clemson, Duke, Coach Prime, and Colorado at TCU. We are going to cover all of the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday games on the next episode later this week. But today, again, the focus is on those three Thursday night games. Before we get started, a couple of reminders. One, thank you to our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. Two, make sure if you're not subscribed to the college football betting feed here, make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And oh, by the way, the YouTube channel is starting to really make waves. I appreciate your support. Uh, make sure to find us on YouTube as well at College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. We're going to come back when we do. We are going to talk all of the week one Thursday games. That's when we come back. Be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. 
Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. By now, you know Betfred's story started in 1967 in the UK, over a thousand shops in the UK, and they have now come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of not only all things Aaron Torres Media, but the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals. And what I love about Betfred, Nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred does. I've been telling you that for a year. We have sent listeners of the Aaron Torres pod to Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. The Betfred suite at Cincinnati Bengals games is rocking. Betfred betters have thrown out first pitch at the Colorado Rockies games. Nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. And here is what they are doing for you right now. How about this? Bet $50 on any game. Get up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Bet 50 bucks on anything you want to bet on. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But beyond that, you get up to $200 in insurance for your first five weeks as a Betfred customer, totaling $1,111 in free bets. I've told you for a year, nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. They're the only book that I bet with. And I want to thank Betfred for being our presenting sponsor. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. All right, everybody. Hi, back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get to it. The Thursday night, week one college football games. As I just told you, we are going to do a full episode today focusing solely on those Thursday games. Utah hosting Florida, Minnesota hosting Nebraska, UConn hosting NC State. We will come back with a second episode on this feed on Thursday, previewing the 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night games at college football. That is right. Five straight days of college football on Labor Day weekend. It is one of the great openings of all of college sports with that, or all of sports really, with that five-day window to start the season. Let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into it. There is only one ranked team playing on Thursday night. It is the Utah Utes hosting the Florida Gators. Utah, a six and a half point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. Uh, the over-under in this game is 45 and a half. And this is, of course, a rematch of an absolute thriller in week one last year in the Swamp. Florida holds on to win. The defense makes a play in the red zone in the final seconds to seal the victory. Anthony Richardson, not only his breakout game on the college level, I would argue that game helped him get drafted number three overall to the Indianapolis Colts, showed that full skill set of everything that he could do. Great game for Anthony Richardson. But now this game returns to Salt Lake City, and it is a true home and home. They are playing in Utah's home stadium, Rice-Eccles Stadium, one of the toughest places in college football to play. First note on this game, the most interesting part, this actually opened with Utah as close to a double-digit favorite. Nine and a half points in the Bedford Sportsbook. It's down to six and a half in large part because we don't know the status of Utah starting quarterback Cam Rising. Cam Rising, multi-year starter in the bowl game last year, in the Rose Bowl, lost to Penn State. He was a guy who got hurt, tore his ACL. He's been out all offseason. And as I record late Monday, maybe we get an update Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. If I if you if we do. Don't yell at me. Don't tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. As I record here, we bluntly don't really know if Cam Rising is playing. The last update we had from Kyle Whittingham came in mid-August. Cam Rising had not been cleared by doctors, and it seems to reason that he might not be available on Thursday night. The point spread reflects it because it went from Utah as a 9.5, 10-point favorite down to 6.5. My question with Utah, though, is this. Even if Cam Rising can't play, does the game plan change all that much? Now, now Cam Rising is a really good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I think we have to assume at this point he's either not playing or is going to be very limited. And so the question becomes, does anything really change? And I'm not sure that it does. It starts with the quarterback. Obviously, uh, uh, you know, if it isn't Cameron Rising or Cam Rising, excuse me, it appears as though it will be Bryson Barnes. But remember, this is a guy with game experience. He actually started against Washington State last year, led Utah to a win, and then played significant snaps in the bowl game in the loss to Penn State. Now, would you like to have Cam Rising? Of course. Would you like him at 100%? Absolutely. But there are worse backup quarterbacks that you could have. And beyond that, I don't know that it changes that much of what Utah does. Utah, although they have become a more dynamic passing offense with Cam Rising, they are still a ground and pound, beat you up at the line of scrimmage, play great defense kind of team. Well, what has changed with Utah? Nothing in that regard. Second leading rusher, Micah Bernard is back. The offensive line, I thought this was interesting. Kyle Whittingham said in the spring that he believes this offensive line has as much depth as they have ever had since he has been there, which is incredible with the way that they have run the ball. This was a team that last year, ranked uh you know in the top 20 uh, top 15 nationally in total rushing 217 yards per game put up 230 yards on the ground in the swamp 
And then defensively, it's much the same. 26th nationally in total defense, but they return a lot of really good players. Thought this was interesting. The All-Pac-12, first and second team preseason teams. Utah had five defensive players on the first and second teams. As best I could tell, nobody else had more than two players on those teams. Utah had five. So a lot of returning talent there. From the Florida perspective, listen, it's no secret, did not go well in year one under Billy Napier. I'm not an anti-Billy Napier guy. I like the way he's recruiting. I think the mess that he had to pick up from Dan Mullen is bigger and more significant than people think. But it was a six and seven year one. And I would say beyond that, um, you know, a lot is now on the shoulders of the new starting quarterback, Graham Mertz. Now, Graham Mertz did not have a great career at Wisconsin. We all know that. Billy Napier said all the right things about, you know, we trust him and maybe he wasn't used correctly at Wisconsin. Uh, Paul Chris told us that they would do things differently if they had to do it over again. But this is still a guy with uh, 56% completion percentage for his career. Uh, Double-digit interceptions in each of the last two years. Good news for Florida two really good running backs back in uh, Etienne and of course, Montreal Johnson. But the concern is quarterback. I don't know that I trust. Uh, and the offensive line is really young. Four starters were lost in the off season, uh, either to graduation or the transfer portal. And then defensively, I don't know that it's going to be much better either. This was a bottom of the sec defense 12th nationally 12th in the uh, sec out of 14 teams. And I don't know that they got significantly better last year and they lost their, their top four tacklers off of the team from a season ago. Thought it was interesting, right? When you're Florida, when you have what we believe to be great NIL resources, and I know there's conversation around the Jada Rashada stuff and how good is it really? You'd think that coming off a disappointing season, they would have killed it in the portal because guys would know that they had plenty of playing time to be had at Florida. Now they got a piece here or there. They got Graham Mertz. They got the Moten kid, the linebacker from uh, Michigan, and they added another interesting piece or two. But I thought it was interesting for a, a, a school like Florida that needs depth, needs bodies, needs to fill holes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that would caught me off guard there a little bit. I caught myself off guard. Um, that, that has holes to fill. Why I bring it up, they didn't really sign a ton of marquee guys. It was interesting. The Athletic put out a preview of the top 100 transfers in college football this year. Florida had zero guys on that list. 24-7 Sports put out the top 100 transfers. Florida had two guys on the list. Moten and Banks, a defensive lineman from Louisville. So it's not like they added a ton of transfer portal talent. And now you're asking them to go to Utah on the road at altitude at a place where Utah the last two years since the post-COVID season of 2020, they are 12-0, and and only one game has been decided by a touchdown or less. That was last year when Caleb Williams walked in and put up 42 points for USC against the Utes. And so because of it, I'll say this. At 6.5, I actually like Utah. I came in thinking I'm going to bet the under. I think that's the best side, da-da-da-da. But I look at it. Utah is going to be able to run the ball. Utah's going to be able to stop the run and, and, and play good defense. They have the better defense, the better run game, the better O-line, and Florida has a turnover-prone quarterback. And so this isn't an anti-Billy Napier thing. By the way, I was dead wrong on this last year. I said, I don't know, Billy Napier week one. 
They end up finding a way to win. But I look at this Florida team. I still think they're a year away from being a year away as far as I'm concerned. I just don't know that they have the bodies. Now you got to go to altitude. You got to play a Utah team that basically never loses at home. Give me Utah minus six and a half. That is one of my bet Fred best bets. Love that it's under a touchdown. I'm rolling with Utah. Let's keep it going and go to the number two. Uh, I would argue the second most interesting game of the week of the Thursday night, I should say, in college football. We mentioned that Utah is the only uh, ranked team playing. There's only one matchup of Power 5 versus Power 5 on Thursday night. That is Minnesota hosting Nebraska. Minnesota is a a 7.5-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. The over-under in this game, 43.5. Interesting thing about this game, I think you could probably argue that both teams are going through major transitions this offseason. Nebraska, it goes without saying, we know what's new there, right? Scott Frost is out. Mickey Joseph, his replacement is out. That whole staff is essentially out. In comes Matt Rule. I think Matt Rule has done everything that he can in an offseason. They hit the portal. I think they've really developed some things in the 20, you know, the 2024, 2025 recruiting classes, but it's a whole new deal. Jeff Sims is in at quarterback, and a lot of things are going to look different at Nebraska, probably for the best. Uh, from the Minnesota perspective, I'll say this. Yes, P.J. Fleck is back. Yes, we read all the weird reports about him this offseason. But the bottom line with P.J. Fleck is this. While P.J. Fleck is back, there is a lot of new faces at important spots for this team. Tanner Morgan was a five-year starter at quarterback. With the sixth year of college eligibility last year because of COVID, he comes back. He's finally gone. Uh, on top of that, Mo Ibrahim, finally gone. Remember, that was the guy that had a breakout game two years ago against Ohio State in the opener, gets hurt, comes back last year. Now he's finally gone after this year. He is in the NFL. Glad to see him recovered. But what will be interesting to me, starting with Minnesota, do they look and do they play differently? Because last year they had a very distinct, and really most of the P.J. Fleck era, they have had a very distinct style of play. They are a team that wants to take the air out of the ball. They want to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And then when they're done with that, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and play great defense. That is what they have done for years. This is an interesting stat I always throw out when I talk about Minnesota. Last season, remember, they were third nationally in time of possession. Third nationally in time of possession, okay? The only teams that were ahead of them, Air Force, Navy, triple option, barely ever throw the football, and then the third team in time of possession was Minnesota. It resulted in them having one of the best rush games in college football. It resulted in them having a defense that finished in the top 10 nationally um, in terms of total defense allowed. Played great defense, fundamental, don't beat themselves. And when the other, when you're running the ball as much as they have, you're going to win a lot of games, which is exactly what they did winning nine a season ago. What'll be interesting is a couple things. One, do they stick to that theory? If you're an over-under better, it'll be especially interesting with the new clock rules if you watch games on Saturday. They go by faster because the clock no longer stops on first downs except in the final two minutes of, of the first half and the second half. So games go by quicker, and it'll be curious to see if Minnesota is willing to open things up. They do have a new offensive coordinator, and I will say this, new starting quarterback, obviously. 
They also went into the portal and got some guys that make it seem as though they want to throw the football more than they have. Went out and got Corey Crooms from Western Michigan, 67 catches a year ago, and got Elijah Spencer, 67 catches at Charlotte a year ago. So again, will they go to what they did, what has made them successful, or will they try to open it up more? They said the plan is to open it up more, but we'll see what happens on Thursday night in Minneapolis. From the Nebraska perspective, listen, you know, I said it a minute ago, and I think it's very much true. It's just a whole new deal. I don't think there's much of anything you can take from the Scott Frost era and apply it to this year. And frankly, that's probably for the best, considering how the Scott Frost era went and how it ended a season ago. What'll be interesting, a couple things from Nebraska's perspective. One, obviously, Jeff Sims at starting quarterback. Really, really, really interesting uh, development there. Because Nebraska, under Matt Rule, just like when he was at Temple, just like when he was at Baylor, he wants a dual-threat quarterback, a guy that can beat you with his legs and beat you with his arm. But the one thing I will say, as much as I like Matt Rule and as much as I think he is, you know, frankly, an excellent excellent player, I do think there's a little bit of revisionist history on how good he was at Georgia Tech. These were his stats last season at Georgia Tech. And I know he didn't have a ton of talent around, but 59% completion percentage, 1,100 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. The the best year he had was in 2021, 60% completion percentage, 14 touchdowns, 12 t- or, 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 or 1,400 yards, 12 TDs, seven interceptions. Now, again, he is a guy that can beat you with his legs, and he is a guy that did have success at times doing that. And so it'll be interesting to see Um, you know, what that looks like from the Nebraska perspective. What'll be interesting beyond the Jeff Sims, a couple things. One, skill positions are very interesting. I thought this was fascinating. Nebraska put out its depth chart earlier this week. Their leading rusher, Anthony Grant, from a year ago is third on the depth chart. Marcus Washington, their leading returning receiver, is a backup on the depth chart. So does that mean that they have some new guys in that we don't know about? Or does it mean that maybe some of the, the old school guys have not bought in to what Matt Rule is doing? Defensively, they do play a 3-3-5. What was fascinating about that, P.J. Fleck has talked about it for weeks. Every media availability. We haven't seen anything quite like this. It's so tough. We got to be ready. We got to be this. We got to be that. And to Nebraska's credit, it did not go great last year, but they do return a couple really nice linebackers in terms of guys that can make plays in the backfield. Uh, most notably Luke Reimer, uh, linebacker there. He is a guy with 86 tackles a year ago, three and a half TFLs. Beyond him, Garrett Nelson. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think here. There, there, there's a few guys really that that had a ton of success there. Uh, the, the entire secondary is back, including Miles Farmer, who had 73 uh, tackles from a season ago. And so I do think the defense should be good. It should be improved. And I think it could give, um, I, I do think it could give, Minnesota some problems by the way I think I said Garrett Nelson is a returnee I apologize he is not uh he is in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins right now still most of the secondary is back Luke Reimer is back at linebacker um and I'll just be blunt Nick Heinrich is the other guy by the way 37 tackles a year ago at linebacker that I was thinking of terms of the game I'll be blunt there's a side that I really love and it's not the sexy one I actually like the under in this game and here's why one tiger can't change his stripes boat can't row in the other direction, right? You know, if you want to use a PJ Fleckism, 
I know that he wants to open things up more, and maybe he will. And maybe they throw 60 times on Thursday night. But he has had a lot of success doing things one way, and I think especially with the new clock rules, he can keep doing that and win a lot of games. I think especially young quarterback, unique defense that Nebraska is going to run 3-3-5, I don't think he's going to put too much on that kid's plate. And so when I look at this game, Minnesota is already built to win low-scoring game. First quarter, first year starter quarterback uh, against a new defense opening night. I don't think they put too much on his plate. And I think they do what has made them successful the last couple of years. Worth noting for fun. I looked it up that 43 and a half of Minnesota. How about this? Of their 12 games a year ago, Minnesota, nine of them went under 43 and a half last year. By the way, eight of nine Big Ten games went under 43 and a half. So this is a team that is built to play low scoring games. I like the under that is another best bet for me. Finally, big Thursday night game would be remiss. If I did not mention my Yukon Huskies at Rentschler field at home, hosting the NC state Wolfpack Yukon, a 14 and a half point home underdog, which obviously means uh, NC state is a 14 and a half point favorite. The over-under in this game is 46 and a half. Starting with UConn, listen, bluntly, I'm, I'm biased. I get it. What Jim Moore did last year, though, was incredible. Took a team that was 1-11 the year before, finished 6-7, and seven, went to a bowl game. And here's the interesting thing. They really turned the season after a loss at NC State. Got beat pretty bad, 41-10. to 10, And then from there, went on to win five of their next six games to get bowl eligible. Included in that stretch, they beat Boston College, an ACC team in the the same conference as NC State. They beat Liberty with Hugh Freeze. Never forget that. And so it was an incredible year for Jim Mora and an interesting group that he is bringing back and an interesting name under center at quarterback. Joseph Fangano is the starter at quarterback. For those who don't know, a little bit of a backstory on the UConn quarterback situation. Only place in America you'll hear this kind of breakdown, but... UConn, really unique situation. So a year ago, they had a starter named Taquan Roberson, excuse me, from Penn State, transferred in. Kid won the starting job. Week zero, not even week one, week zero gets hurt. It was unfortunate. He goes out. Zion Turner, a true freshman out of Florida, comes in. And credit to Zion Turner. He actually played pretty well. He did what was asked of him. But, you know, those two guys both come back. But it's Joseph Fangano, a transfer from Maine, who wins the starting job. Now, some of you sit there and say, well, Maine, that can't be good. But the bottom line is, and I think this is what Jim Mora and his staff are thinking. For people who do not know, and I'm sure many of you don't, uh, UConn's offensive coordinator, Nick Charlton, was previously the head coach at the University of Maine, where he worked with Joseph Fangano. And so Fangano is familiar with the system. He knows what the, the offensive coordinator wants. And I think UConn just feels like he's a veteran guy. We can trust him with the ball. He's not going to do too much. And the one thing that UConn did really well last year was run the football. Victor Rosa, true freshman from Bristol Central High School, same high school as uh, Donovan Klingon, one of the stars of UConn's men's basketball national championship team, had a very productive true freshman year. And then I think it's worth noting, Jalen Mitchell transfers in from Louisville, where he was Louisville's leading rusher two seasons ago. So the run game should be good. The defense brings back eight starters, including Jackson Mitchell, an absolute tackling machine. 
fourth in the country in tackles last year. This is going to be a really, really, really good UConn team. From the NC State perspective, a lot of questions. Not all bad questions, but a lot of questions. Interesting team last year, went 7-2 and two to start the season. Devin Leary gets hurt about game six, game seven. They win another one or two, and then it kind of fell off. They go one and four down the stretch without Devin Leary. Devin Leary is obviously now at Kentucky, and they replace Devin Leary with Brennan Armstrong. Very interesting story here. Brennan Armstrong, two years ago at Virginia, was one of the leading passers in college football. 4,400 yards, 30-plus touchdowns. He was awesome two years ago at Virginia. Bronco Mendenhall retires. His offensive coordinator leaves, and it crashes and burns in year one under Tony Elliott. Well, guess what happens? That same offensive coordinator from two years ago, he's now at NC State, where he brought Brennan Armstrong with him. NC State last year, deep receiving core, 14 different players scored uh, one touchdown or more receiving. That was the most in college football. And speaking of the most in college football, the defense is very interesting as well. Very good run defense. Peyton Wilson, another tackling machine. Guy had about 100-plus tackles a few years ago, gets hurt. Last year, he's kind of not really playing at 100%. He is back for a fifth year um, to lead this defense. But this defense, 19 interceptions a season ago. That was fourth most in college football. I'll be quick on this one. I'm not going to waste too much more of your time. This just feels like a stay away to me. And it's not because whatever. First of all, let me say this. I can see the scenario where UConn covers. I believe that the people in the UConn football building believe that they are going to win. Why I'm going to stay away is for a couple of reasons. The main reason, I don't know what I'm getting from either quarterback, right? Like, like if you want to bet this game because you like UConn or you like NC State or you think UConn sucks or you think NC State sucks, that's fine. I would lean UConn plus the points because what I will say is Wrenchler Field should be rocking on Friday night or Thursday night, excuse me. They're expecting a crowd of 30 plus thousand at that stadium. That stadium, people don't remember, UConn hasn't been good. It can get really, really, really loud. There's actually a a, a quote from Robert Griffin III, RG3, um, that's kind of made its rounds over the last month in the lead up to this game where he said that the loudest stadium he ever played in was actually at UConn when he was at Baylor. So that shows you how loud that place can be. I think it's going to be a great college football environment, but why I can't, I can't bet it. I don't know what I'm going to get from either quarterback. What are you going to get from Joseph Fangano from UConn? Are you going to get 2021 Brennan Armstrong? Cause if you do NC state's going to put up a lot of points. If you don't, it could be a very close game. I lean UConn plus 14 and a half, but otherwise a stay away to me. The only other game that has a spread in the Betfred Sportsbook, Kent State is at Central Florida, UCF. It'll be UCF's first game as a member of the Big 12. Yeah. If you feel good about betting either side of a 37-point spread, then you go crazy. But for me, it's a stay away. My two official best bets, I do like Utah minus six and a half against Florida at home on Thursday. And I do like, oh, by the way, uh, Minnesota, Nebraska under 43 and a half as well. Lean UConn plus 14 and a half at home. All right. I think that's it for this episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. How about that? You're going to get two for the price of one today. And the price is free, by the way. Best thing, best things in life are free. How about this pot? If you're not subscribed, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify. Also, please go to the YouTube channel. 
subscribe. College Football Betting with Aaron Torres would appreciate your subscription there as we help grow that channel. That's it for today's show. Good news is you're not done with me. First of all, we're going to have full episodes of the Aaron Torres pod. Just drop my college football playoff picks on the on the college on the Aaron Torres pod uh, feed. But we'll be back on this feed on Thursday, where I will give you my best bets and picks and preview of the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday game that include LSU, Florida State, Clemson, Duke, DC, Colorado. South Carolina. We got a lot of good games coming up this weekend. Cannot wait to talk to you guys and girls then. Have a great day. We will talk on Thursday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.